Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. Hey, parents, welcome back to The Journey. I've got a good friend, uh, Matt Shaheen, who actually is a, uh, a state representative for the state of Texas. Matt, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dan, for having me. Yes. I, you've been on before because we were talking about election things yep. um, back in November. Um, obviously, right, you got elected, you went down and you served um, in the legislature. Uh, and I want to remind our parents, really super important, our um, Texas legislative session has just ended. Okay, and it's it's kind of an interesting thing. Not a lot of people um, really understand kind of Texas politics, um, but it, I'm telling you, it's, it's done really well in this particular state, and yep. we need to appreciate that. Um, but um, the Texas legislature only meets for like 140 days every two years. That's right. So it's it's every odd year. We're 2023, so you guys are meeting. Um, you've met, you've done the work of the state, and then now, right, you've directed the ABCs, right, the agencies, boards, and commissions to do their particular work for the rest of the right year and a half before you guys come back into session so um you get elected to a two-year term but that's actually only just a one session term yeah. um so you've done that we've 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 done the business of the state and i'm telling you the things that you guys did down in austin this session are remarkable and i want our parents to know but the funny thing is is your job's actually not done because one of the things that the governor has an opportunity to do is call special sessions. And so I want to talk to our parents um, and have you kind of explain that as well. So let's let's start with um, just the whole idea of the work that was being done. Um, I got an email from a group um, that you would know and, and, and appreciate. And they said, hey, I, Texas legislature this year, man, they covered so many important things. And I'm going to rattle them off. And I just kind of want to go through, right? So I want to, I want to tell you what they said. And then let's kind of just kind of piece through right, what you guys did down there. It says, um, here, here's the great wins for our state. It says, um, they ended government-mandated COVID restrictions. They funded border security. They removed porn from public schools. Yes. And, and I didn't stutter when I said that. Yeah. Right? They removed porn from public schools. They banned DEI right, in higher education. Yep. And we'll talk about that. Returned election law violations to a felony and ended gender modification of children. Now, any one of those things would seem like would be huge. Would be huge. Yeah. But all of them, and you, you even told me that's not all we did. Yeah. Right? Those are just some of the highlights of what you guys yeah. did. So, let's go back through just government uh, mandated COVID restrictions. Right? Yeah. COVID's you know, I mean, been gone for a long time. We know that the national government, for some reason, continues to fund um, a lot of COVID related things. But yeah. in Texas, you're saying, hey, we're done spending money. Yeah, I mean, there, we had a lot of local governments that were doing crazy things with COVID, and you had a bunch of county judges and mayors that realized they had all this power and were abusing it. And, and hey, so, once you, once you get power, <laughs> yeah, right. And th- but that's true. That's true. Once a government official gets power, they don't yeah. easily just kind of give it back. So you've got to kind of go in there and kind of check that power and say, hey, listen, that 
emergency. Thank you for serving during that time. Thank you for doing those things, right, to protect our community. But that's done now. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean, and look, we probably need to give a little bit of grace. Probably nobody ran on the uh, concept that they were going to manage uh, a city or a school district or what have you or a county through a pandemic, right? Right. right. But there, I mean, there was clearly uh, instances where you had local elected officials just go crazy. So, yeah, we, we've, we've addressed that. That's not going to happen again. We did a bunch of things around religious freedom last session as well, that she can't sh- shut churches down. Excellent. So there's a lot of things that we did. But, yeah, this this one we, we paid specific attention to the COVID mandates yeah. and stopping those yeah. from local governments. Yeah. As situations happen, you learn from them. Sure. You address yeah. those things, right, so that in the future – Right, you do better on that. Um, it says uh, funding border security. Right, one one of the things, and this is obviously being a border state. Um, it's a national issue. It's a Texas issue, right? So you know, a lot of people think the federal government needs needs to do a whole lot more, right? But they for, do <laughs> for for people in Texas. You can't just sit and wait, though. Right, because our people live here in Texas, we, and when whatever happens, whether the government, federal government does or doesn't do something, we're affected either way. So, we are the, the the amount of money that we're putting towards the border is just massive now. It's close to five billion dollars oh now. It should be zero. Uh, it's been three billion. So I mean, the the amount of dollars that we're putting on, and what we're doing is we're putting assets, we're putting national guardsmen, we're putting DPS troopers on the border. We've also increased some penalties around fentanyl. You know, fentanyl is, oh. is we have a porous border, not just for sex trafficking, yeah. uh, but drugs. It's a huge issue, right? And, and so the fentanyl is ha- having a, just a horrific impact, uh, especially on our young children. So we're, there's a lot uh, of work that we did do on the border, uh, and it's unfortunately it's necessary. And we are being overwhelmed as a state by illegal aliens as far as our schools, our health care, our infrastructure. So it's a huge impact. And so, yeah, Texas is having to step up when it comes to border security. Yeah. And I think it's kind of an interesting thing for our parents to remember um, the idea that we, when we talk about we want the federal government to do something about a particular state problem is not just because it's a state problem. It's because it is a United States issue. Oh, yeah. The, look, the border security is without a doubt under the jurisdiction of the federal government. The state shouldn't be doing anything. Uh, and so it's the lack of a response by the federal government that we're having to step in as state. Yeah. This is a very unusual situation. Yeah. And that, that's important. I think um, I go back to you know just kind of how our framers set up um, this particular country. Um, and they included the idea of federalism. Sure. Um, they wanted a federal, they wanted a state, they wanted a local. Um, they really intended the, the local government, the people that you knew and you went to church with, um, to be the people that, that really kind of had the most impact in your life um, because you knew them. And then the state, you know, a little bit less. And then the federal government, they kind of intended that the federal government would have the least impact um, because they represent the most people and they're just the hardest to get to know. Obviously, things have changed dramatically right. where the federal government probably has the largest impact uh, in our lives. Um, but, you know, you representing um, us as a state is super, super important so that when the federal government doesn't do something, right, we've got people down there, right, in Austin who say, hey, we need to do something as a state. And that's a that's a really important concept. So yeah, the only thing I, other thing I draw out is the fact that, you know, we're shipping a lot of these illegal aliens to other areas of the nation. Mm. Uh, to give us some relief, but quite frankly, to show these other cities uh, and states the burden. Yeah, I mean, we are literally just taking for granted the, the burden that's on our state. And so you you ship uh, illegal immigrants to other cities, and all of a sudden people just start going crazy. Well, that's what Texas is dealing on a daily basis with yeah. tens of thousands of people. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a difficult one. So you guys addressed some of that. Um, Here's here's the line that I stopped at before. It says removing porn from public schools. Yeah. yeah. Ex- explain that particular issue to me. Why, why in the world is there, 
you know, pornography in public schools, who has access to it? What, you know, it, it's the craziest thing. I, I have to tell you the very first time that a parent came to me and told me about that, I was skeptical. I was yeah. like, there's no way that that's the case. And, and it was, yeah. I, they actually showed me a book. And so actually a really good friend of mine, uh, next door to me, uh, Jared Patterson actually led the effort on that. I, I had the opportunity to work with him on it, but he was the leader. We passed house bill 900. Okay. Uh, and what that does is that holds these vendors accountable uh, in, within the state of Texas. So if they sell some of this pornographic materials uh, in our schools, we're holding the vendors accountable. Now, we have some um, processes for addressing the porn- pornography if it's found and those types of things because there's pornography that's already in it. And, and for the most part, there's, there, the schools are doing a decent job trying to remove that, but not everyone is v- being very aggressive about right, it. Right. And this, is, by the way, is a great example of parents – Stepping up to make sure elected folks in office, either at school board or the state, know they do not want this. This is totally unacceptable. So, yeah, from a legislative perspective, uh, we've addressed that. And uh, and it, it, it's interesting. 99% of the librarians, the teachers are wonderful, love our kids. You know, we have some radicals in there we've we we got to be cognizant of. But what we found in looking into this topic was it really wasn't necessarily the school saying hey i want these x y and z pornographic books in my school it was the school would go to the vendor and say hey i need ten thousand books i need five thousand books here's the topics the sheer sheer volume of the number of books that they buy for the students that they have you you can't go through every single you physically can't now it's interesting uh at pca we can and and did so, okay. so, right, uh, Dr. You know, Katie Cratan led the charge in the lower school, and she said, hey, we need to put eyes on every single book that we're bringing in. And when she found out that the particular vendor that you know we were working with was not helping, right, she changed vendors. She and said, we need to do more of that. Right. Uh, you know, we had meetings. Uh, Representative Patterson and I met with three different book vendors, and it, it was interesting, their responses. One was profoundly apologetic, mm. told us, Here are all the steps we're going to take, our process changes to make sure that this trash doesn't get in our books and in our schools. We had another vendor look me right in the eye. It was one of their board members and said, if somebody wants to buy these books, we're going to sell it. That's right. Uh, We're we're making money. We don't care. But but I'll tell you you this. With with the state of Texas doing this, and and a lot of people may not realize – um, that book vendors start with the state of Texas because if Texas buys it, then the rest of the country buys right. it. Because you're not you're not going to Wyoming and saying, "Hey, what books do you want to buy for their you know six hundred thousand right. people in the ent- entire state?" Texas, California, right? These are the states that the vendors have to get right our schools to buy these books for the millions and millions and millions of public school students. And I can't overemphasize to the parents that listen to your podcast this was a very organic movement of parents that rose raised awareness to their their school boards and their legislative folks and and there was change because of i love it i mean this is a great example that's so good parents parents rising up and saying hey i'm responsible for what's right put in my school and we're going to be responsible for it so that's awesome um banning dei in higher education that's right explain that that, uh, that is huge. Um, you know, there's there's obviously some significant indoctrination uh, going on in our universities across the nation, but specifically in Texas. So DEI is Diversity, Equity, Inclusion offices uh, in our universities. And it sounds great, but th- these organizations really o- went off the cliff. I sure. mean, you literally had DEI organizations in Texas and in other states literally wanting to bifurcate um, um 
graduation ceremonies, have just graduation ceremonies for minorities, just have graduation. I mean, it was crazy. Right. And then they were going down this path of, well, this minority group really isn't disadvantaged, the Asian community, but the but the African-American and the Hispanic are. It, 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 they just went off the wheel. It, just, it went crazy. Well, and so it was yeah. disruptive when, to our university. When you don't have biblical guidelines, yeah. um, it, it does. It, it gets out of whack, right? I mean, there's, there's a biblical understanding of diversity, of God's creation, right, that, that all of us represent um, him. Uh, and yet God's creativity in the way that he has created mankind. I mean, look at all of creation, right? There's diversity throughout everything, oh, yeah. right? I mean, the animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, the human kingdom, right? All, all of us have this uh, incredible diversity. But so many, unfortunately, right, take this as a, as a you know, hammer um, to try to pound in a particular agenda that doesn't deal with the actual situation. I was hearing um, somebody was telling me about uh, the governor of um, Virginia, right, changed their DEI to DOI, right? It's diversity, opportunity, and inclusion. Um, and they were saying, hey, listen, it, it's not about, you know, trying to create this equity concept, right? It's trying to produce opportunity for people. And That's so, exactly right. So it's, it's right. We want to have equal opportunity for everybody, um, but equal outcome, right, is you know, pe- people this are was, different based on the skills and the abilities that God has given us, the opportunities that we have. So, And this was a huge battle. I mean, I'm it, sure was it was hours and hours yeah. and hours in committee, both the Senate and the House, um, on the floor of the House and the Senate. I mean, this was a huge battle. The left really rose up to fight this because that's one of their crown jewels. It is. That Texas is really leading on a lot of these different topics, but this DEI specifically, I mean, we've really tackled the indoctrination of students yeah. in Texas. And, and you were saying we're, we're, kind of the fir- gonna we're kind of the first state to do it. Yeah, okay. we, we are. And uh, this aggressive uh, approach, I think what you're going to see now is other states copy it. That's awesome. Very good. Um, returning election law violations to a felony. Yeah. So one of the things that we had done is um, we had saw there was one specific violation that just wasn't getting prosecuted. And what the district attorneys were telling us, it was just difficult to to prosecute this one specific uh, election violation. And so we actually made it, we made some changes last session to make it easier to prosecute, but we lowered the penalty while well, we heard from our constituents that they don't want that. And so we've, we've listened to our constituents and that's been returned to a felony. I, I will tell you that I hope that parents have uh, a lot of confidence in our elections in Texas because of the work that we did this session mm-hmm. and last session. Mm-hmm. We, we, and we made it significantly hard. If you're not a citizen of the United States, it's almost impossible to violate state statute we or uh, election law we we received a significant amount of testimony on different ways that election fraud was occurring uh, we've made significant adjustments i mean your elections department now has to broadcast on the internet when they're doing their counts oh, wow. like the actual video so yeah. w- w- that job will never be done you'll never you know Check sure, the, bo- the sure. box. We'll always Somebody, have somebody's going to gonna find that. something new and you'll, you'll address it. But I remember when I served as an election judge, right? I mean, I don't know if you, if you did it as well. Is one of the things is, you know, when you were running elections for your precinct, um, and I'm telling you, they, they put the fear of God in you that if you mess up, if you don't show up, if you don't, I mean, you know, it's like we're, we're sending out the cops to get you. You have a, and this, this was back in the day when, you know, we had, you know, paper ballots Yeah, and we had to, right. we had to collect, I don't know if any you know, some of our parents are like paper ballots y'all had. Yes, we did. It wasn't that long ago. I'm not that old. Right. But we had paper ballots and we'd collect all those and we'd have to drive them up to the, you know, the That's county right. seat up in McKinney. Yeah. Um, and you had to, you know, if your election ended at seven, right. If you weren't up in McKinney by like, you know, seven thirty. 
right? I mean, they're, they're sending out police to find oh, you yeah. and go get you. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. my goodness. So, you know, and everything was locked up and everything was done. And so, um, you know, now that things are electronic, obviously there's different ways of doing things, but there's still, right, you know, election fraud is, is still something that needs to be addressed. We so always have to be guys, cognizant of yeah. it, but we've even passed legislation that the election machines can't be networked in any way, not, not you know, plugging it into a network or Wi-Fi or anything like that, or it won't pass certification. Love so, it. Love again, it. there's... There's more work that will always need to be done, and we need to be vigilant, but we really do have good elections um, here in the state of Texas. One thing that's not on your list uh, that we've also done, which is just significant, mm-hmm. is we're protecting children from these sexually sexual performances. I mean, these okay. drag shows and yeah. all those types of things. So we've now passed legislation. I personally work uh, with, uh, with uh, Senator Hughes over in the Senate in mm-hmm. East Texas. Um, but we hold the facilities responsible. If they hold one of these sexually oriented performances in front of a child, it's a ten thousand dollar fine. Which, which I don't, I don't, I don't really get the the concept behind this. It's like it just it doesn't make sense to me how so many parents just think this is like oh this is normal and natural. The, and here's the, the Los Angeles Dodgers made, made you know national news because they were having some sort of drag performance and these people there and you know Clayton Kershaw was just like I'm not going to be a part of that and I mean people are going and I'm going what in the world is going on what's tell you, but happening this is again our- this is again another example of where p- people are pushing back and yeah. a lot of them are parents they don't want their child to live in this type of world and yeah it's it's bizarre that we're having to do this type of things I mean who would have thought you had to protect children from these drag shows right um, but again a lot of these woke corporations are responding. Mm. I mean, look what happened to Bud Light. Look what's happening right now to Target because of the type of trash that they were selling to children. So, I mean, parents, uh, they're making a huge impact. I hope they see it. Um, They're they're being listened to, I can tell you that. Yeah. Speaking of corporations, it is kind of interesting. Um, It did come out about uh, Chick-fil-A having a uh, DEI person, That's right. which is interesting. We know a lot of Chick-fil-A people, and I think it's one of the things, you know, I heard a bunch of people say, hey, we've got to boycott, you know, Chick-fil-A. I always say this, ask questions first, right? Find out what their stance is, what their position is, right? what the company does. And I, I really think, knowing the people that I know at Chick-fil-A, it's like, that really sounds like a biblical concept of diversity um, that they have this particular, you know, part, right? Because it's a, you know, national corporation and it's something that, you know, from a legal standpoint, it's a, it's a good process to have, but it doesn't sound like anything that I would be opposed to in, yeah, in the way that I, they represent things. I'm like, you've you got to be careful before we just boycott companies and boycott, you know, things to say, well, let me let me ask a few questions before I get we're there. We're being really effective, again, at looking at Texas uh, and what we've done just to protect children. And but So what we don't want to do is turn all this effectiveness uh, into a circular firing squad where exactly. we start shooting at each other. That's right. right. We've got we to stay focused on... Um, this is demonic, this is uh, evil, this is satanic, and it's an attack on our children. Yep. And, we're, and we're, we're joking with ourselves, but we don't think that's where this yeah. is coming from. Amen. And so we need to focus on those items. And again, we're, we're winning this battle. I mean, again, just look at what the Texas legislature Put, did to back protect children. Yep. And it's because of these parents. The parents made the legislature and these local school boards focus on these issues. Mm. And we did, and we executed. And um, so, parents, you're doing a great job. You're being heard. I love Keep it. it up. I love it. Um, the last one it had on here was uh, ending gender modification of children. Again, another, another evil. can't believe you have to do can't it. can't believe you have to do it. But what, what, what was the state's role in that particular issue? So it was huge. So what happened earlier on is, we, you know, we were hearing about these, the puberty blockers, mm. which is just – 
obscene uh, actual surgeries. And so what the state had done, uh, the governor had done it through uh, an executive order that the um, medical board and um, it's called DFPS, it's Department of Family Protective Services, mm-hmm. like CPS, those types of things. The gender modification surgery was designated as, as child abuse okay. um, two years ago, okay. but it wasn't put in statute, and that's important. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be put in statute. Yeah. So now those types of surgeries, those, ty- those types of medical treatments, they're not allowed. You can lose your license. There's criminal penalties associated with wow. doing that in the state of Texas. And here's the, the, the fact that we have to do this, again, it, it is really crazy. But you know who's leading on this as huh. far as pushing back? is the Norwegian countries in Europe, like Finland, Sweden, Norway, which are like big time socially liberal. They're actually the one, England, they were actually the ones that started to make this stuff illegal and stop these surgeries. I mean, again, common sense tells you this is an absolute bizarre thing to do to children, but you actually had those types of countries take action even before a red state like Texas did. And so, again, that, that legislation passed. Uh, my friend in the Texas House, Dr. Oliverson, did a wonderful job, mm. uh, you know, steering that. And But I'll tell you the crazy thing that parents really need to pay attention to is the votes on some of these uh, profound pieces of legislation. So if you look at the votes on gender modification, if you look at the votes on protecting kids from sexually oriented um, performances, right, Parents need to understand there was a there were dozens and dozens of of legislative uh, of members of the Texas House that voted against those bills. Oh wow! And parents need to know that. Yeah, those um, those people don't need to go, go back and they, represent you. They really don't. I don't understand <laughs> how they go else. and run for re-election yeah. that I supported yeah. gender modification yeah. of a child. That, I, I hey, just, that's that's a great email. By the way, we'll put in the show notes how to find out who represents you. Yeah. Right, and that's a great email to just say, hey, I heard about these things that happened in the Texas legislature. I'd love to know how you voted on them. Yeah, because if you live in Dallas, you probably had a House member that voted against those types of things. Yeah, and well, they need to hear. They, yeah, you you definitely need to you know. Make sure that you put good people in office yeah. um, because they, they represent not only you, but they represent the voice of the state of Texas. And if we bottom line, it was a good, effective session. We responded, again, to parents and to just these significant attacks on our children. And uh, Texas uh, is going to be better off for it. And yep. Our kids are going to be safer because of it. But the work's not done. The, the, work the, is not the governor done. does have an opportunity <laughs> to call some special sessions. And you said there are a couple that you know yeah, about. He's, right? he's made it very clear. What, um, what, are, what are the things that you're looking at addressing? So one of the blessings that we have in, uh, in the Texas economy doing so well, you talked about opportunity earlier, mm-hmm. is uh, the state of Texas is sitting on a significant amount of cash. Uh, to the tune of around $30 billion. Now, some of that we keep in a rainy day fund. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've invested in uh, infrastructure and ed- education, right? We need roads, we need water, all those types of things. But an area that we're very focused on is is uh, tax relief to Texas citizens because it's their money, their not money. ours. Yeah. And uh, so there's this debate going on between the House and the Senate as far as, well, how do you do this relief? And mm. the, and the Texas House and the governor are pretty much in alignment with probably the best way to do that is to lower, we, we call it compressing, but it's just lowering the tax rate associated with your school ta- property taxes. Okay. The Senate was to do that, but also do um, a big homestead exemption. Okay. And so that's that's the battle going on right now. There isn't an agreement, so that will be um, a special session item. And then another one I really appreciate. Oh, wait, so wait, yeah. hang on. So you're saying that the government 
is looking to not spend the money that the taxpayers gave them, but they want to figure out a way to get the money back. 100%. That's okay. exactly so, right. So I'm just, I'm just thinking most people, especially if they moved here from another state, have probably never heard that concept before, <laughs> yeah. right? But in, but in Texas, that, that is a, that is actually a practice that I've heard of several different times in the past, oh, yeah. right? Where oh, the yeah. government says, hey, this is what you gave us the money to do. This is what we did with it. We have some leftover money. We want to give it back we to did the people. It, we did it in, uh, in 2019, uh, billions of dollars in, in property tax relief. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're going to do it again yeah. uh, this, this year. Yeah. If, if you could pass that on to your friends who are <laughs> on Capitol Hill in D.C., that that is a... Right, a balanced I wouldn't budget hold your breath there. Yeah, they, they argue about how much debt to incur. Yeah, that's so. fantastic. So that one issue, you guys are yeah. going to go down and kind of wrestle out. What's the next one? So a big one, and the governor's really uh, doing a great job leading on this, is school choice or oh, parental choice and education. Uh, the governor's and, and many members, such as myself in the House and also in the Senate, are, are committed uh, to uh, parental rights and education. This is so important. Here, here's the reality, right? And, and if you look at Collin County, if you look at Denton County, we've got really good schools. Mm-hmm. We have gradu- great graduation rates. Um, we've got kids, if they want to go to college, they can go to college, all those types of things. We right. have big pockets of Texas where we don't have good schools. And those, by the way, are our fastest growing demographics. Let's give those moms and dads a choice on where their child goes to school. It's yeah. incredibly important for the future of Texas for opportunity for our future workforce. And so the governor's going to call us back. That's that's going to be a big battle. That's not a Republican versus Democrat. Uh, there's a little bit of that, but it's really like your rural Republicans against urban suburban. Yeah. So it's because it's, the school district is all they have. That's exactly right. So it seems right. like they stand against their district. Well, it's, they it, need to stand for parents. It's, it's analogous. It's, and it's probably hard for us in Collin, Denton, North Texas to understand, but in the rural areas, your school is somewhat like your church, sure, right? Yeah. It has a huge impact on your community. Sure. It's, a, it's a central part of, of your life, yep. right? And so if yep. it's perceived you're harming that school, right, there's a reaction to that. Uh, and the reality is we would never do anything to harm our public schools, but that's the message that's being sent out there. So yeah. that's going to be but, a but battle I, that we But I did like summer. how you, you, right, you phrased it in two different ways. You said school choice, and then you said parental rights. That's right. And I think the reality is, is this is a parental rights issue. Yeah. Right? That we want parents to have the right and we want to have the freedom to send their kids what they think is the best possible you know, scenario for their particular students. That's right. And how does the state of Texas give them that? How does it enforce that? How does it empower them? Right. That's what that's what we want to do. And so that's the big debate. That's the big debate. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are going down there. Those are, are a couple more things that are going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, in the state of Texas, uh, something else happened that we want to just mention, um, and uh, it's uh, um, uh, an impeachment of our Attorney General, yeah. right, Ken Paxton. Um, you know, it's something pretty rare. Um, you know, we, we see it kind of on a federal level every once in a while. We've right. had impeachment of presidents now. That's right. Um, and so, you know, we kind of know a little bit about the process and what it means. But right from a legislator, right, who got to be part of that, um, kind of tell me what that what that means in case parents aren't sure. Like, what, it's, what? it's incredibly rare. It hasn't yeah. happened at the state level and close to 100 years mm. uh it's a very rare occasion it's it, uh, i will tell you it's 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 a very it, personally heartbreaking mm. for me the attorney general uh, and his wife uh, have been very close friends for uh well over a decade and um but what happened was the uh, attorney general um had employees that were witnessing um conduct that was illegal and uh they had turned him into the federal authorities mm-hmm. uh he took um retaliatory action against them uh, uh, had either been terminated or had resigned. Uh, and four of those individuals actually filed a lawsuit. Mm. 
Uh, and the attorney general uh, settled out of court for the tune of $3.3 million. And what, But what happened was is the attorney general came to the legislature wanting the state to pay the $3.3 million. Sure. Yep. And we started asking questions. Uh, the Appropriations Committee invited him to come and speak. The Ju- Judiciary Committee uh, invited him to come to speak and explain himself what is the $3.3 million settlement. He refused to do that. So – the Texas House has a general investigative committee that launched an investigation about three months ago into what occurred. And what's been uncovered is some um, significant issues. What the Texas House's job is to do is just to determine, is there enough evidence for a trial? And if there is, then we handle articles of impeachment over to the Senate. And mm-hmm. then the Senate is actually the entity that, um, that will actually hold a trial. Uh, where witnesses will come, Mr. Paxton will be able to come and defend himself. Um, and so I personally looked at um, three hours of uh, committee hearings, mm. read 158-page transcripts of those, and walked away with a clear understanding there is more than enough evidence that uh, the attorney general uh, should be impeached. It was a very painful, very personal um, decision for me to make a vote to take um but at the end of the day there's clear evidence that the attorney general was using the power of his office to uh help a donor he was uh, using resources to block an fbi investigation changing attorney general opinions to favor the donor and, and much much more um so it's really something tragic but the impeachment and the trial in the Senate is not meant to take criminal action against somebody. It's to protect the state of Texas. Right. Uh, and I take that incredibly serious, and I will not bend from uh, my principles, my foundation. And so it was difficult, but yeah. um, you, I had to take you that did, vote. You did your job, yeah. right, protecting the state of Texas. The Senate now has to do their job. That's right. right? And, and what they do, right, is you, you've passed it on and said, hey, listen, here's the evidence. You guys you know, review it, do what you want. Um, you know, interesting, obviously, that Ken's wife, Angela, is in the Senate. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting, you know, sideshow that will be going on, right? But then the Senate will determine what they want to do. But but honestly, um, you know, the, the, the voters in the state of Texas have an opportunity to put people into office that we feel like are going to do the best job. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is, right, you guys have to make sure that the integrity of that office is kept. And that's why the impeachment and process that's right. is And look, there. Ken Paxton has been, I think, one of the best attorney Super generals effective. in the nation, Amen. period. Yep. That's right. Uh, and ma- made it even that much more... Painful. But look, Mr. Paxton will have his opportunity to defend himself. It, there's a high threshold. It takes two-thirds of the members of the Senate. Yeah. So he's going to have his opportunity to, to uh, defend himself, br- uh, testify himself, bring his own witnesses. And, you know, it'll be up to the Senate. I wish wish him uh, and his entire family uh, Godspeed. And uh, I hope we get through this as a state as quickly as possible and yeah. move forward. Yeah. Now, for our parents' uh, sake, one of the things that we want our parents to do, because you kept on saying— a lot of these things that right were passed in this legislative session were because parents oh, yeah. uh, were you know hey outraged upset do Absolutely. you know about this um, I you know we'll put information in there about parents hey here's how you find out who represents you um, right now as you guys are going into special sessions we mentioned what those two are property tax relief right and parental rights dealing with education that's right you need to be talking to your elected officials on those two issues and saying hey here's what I'd like you to do or you know let me know what your plan is. 
um, because those those are sessions that are going on right now. And then the next thing that will happen is right. We'll go into um, an election cycle. That's right. Starting next year. next year, right? right? We'll go through the primary. We'll go through the general election, and then we'll have another legislative session, right? In in two years from now. Yeah, I, it, that's really important for the, for the PCA parents to understand. Is these are items that profoundly impact their lives. Very right? much so. Property tax relief and school choice, yes. and parental choice, and, and education. And so what I would just encourage is for parents to be engaged. Quite frankly, the vast majority of the state of Texas won't even know we're in special session. That's just the reality. Um, so the more that we hear from parents, uh, more that their, their voices can be heard, come down to the committee hearings and testify. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the way this process is supposed to work. Uh, the citizens of the state of Texas are supposed to be able to, to participate in that legislative process. There is not one room in that capitol building that a citizen can enter right you can you don't even have to knock on the door of your legislator you just open the door and walk in yeah so a couple months ago in april right i took um, some of our pca students down yeah. to, to go through kind of a legislative session to kind of see we got to see you guys on the house floor we got to go yeah. on the senate floor um, we got to get a room and you and a couple other state legislators came in and talked to our students yeah. about just the process and you know why you ran how you got involved in government um, and just, you know, let our kids know that this is their state. You get to represent it. I, I love that we have a representative democracy, right? A republic where we send people to go represent us, that we're not a, you know, a democracy where, you know, 51% of the people rule, right? Yeah. We have we have good, um, godly people that we get to vote for and send you down to do this particular work. Um, I do love how the framers set it up um, so that, you know, our governor and our legislator and our judges are separate. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just Isaiah thirty three twenty two, right? Those three positions are held by God together, but man doesn't need to hold them. That's right, because <laughs> power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes, so, you play a very important role, right? Our governor plays a very important role. Yeah. Our courts play a very important role, and our parents need to know um, that all of those are here to make sure that we have the best human flourishing we can for the state of Texas. And honestly, this state is actually doing. Really, really, really well. remarkably well. And I think yeah. part of that is because the people that we elect um, understand that their job is not to get in the, you know, the way of people being successful. That's right. Their job is to, in a sense, you know, get out of the way of people being successful. But the things that you mentioned, the things that you guys addressed and did and passed laws for are things that parents brought to you and said, hey, That's somebody right. needs to understand this and we need the government to address these particular issues. So thank you for doing that. Thanks yeah. for serving. Thanks for having um, me. I know, I know it's, it's um, and, and a lot of people don't know this, it, it's, you know, you're not a full-time legislator. Nope. You don't get paid a bunch of money to do this. Nope. It is volunteer. I have a <laughs> real job. <laughs> yeah, you have a real job. Um, and so, you know, guy, guys like you, Matt, um, are just uh, incredible for you to be able to serve. Um, I know it's a, a difficult thing because, um, you know, your family hears all the negative things, right? Especially, Especially when, my so, wife, Robin. Yes, right. When, when people run against you, they say all sorts of awful <laughs> things. But, um, you know, you've been, is this your fourth or fifth session? It's my fifth session. Fifth yeah. session. So you've been serving for a number of years. You've done a great job. Um, we appreciate your service and, and, uh, and we'll be guys. praying for you as you go down to those special sessions as well. Thank you. Thanks, Dan, for having me. You bet. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.